Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. Solve the first problem, get on to the next problem, map it out as best as you can, and also understand that it's going to take time. Welcome to Rocket Your Business for Trade Contractors. This podcast is designed to help trade contractors run their businesses more efficiently and profitably by eliminating chaos and discovering new growth opportunities. Learn from experts in the trades how to rocket your business to the next level. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rocket Your Business for Trade Contractors. Are you guys ready? My name is Kathleen, and I'm the Director of Sales here at Estimate Rocket. I'm always joined by my very dynamic co-host, Chris Shank. He's the leader of education and engagement here at Estimate Rocket. Hey, Chris, how are you today? I'm doing great, Kathy. And we're so excited because this is a very unique topic for us, right? Yes, very unique. We don't really talk about this a lot, do we? No, we don't. We don't. We are so excited here today in the studios. We have Tony Margani, and Tony is a fourth-generation painter, commercial painter in Toronto, but Tony is also an executive VP of Science and Environment for Nobilis, and Nobilis is a research and commercialized firm in global painting manufacturing and coatings, which is so interesting. You know, it's not very often that we get to talk to someone that is trying to manufacture an eco-friendly product and change the industry. We talk with Tony about, yes, paint chemistry, but... We don't end there. I think it's an important topic because this new paint was developed by paint contractors. At Estimate Rocket, we work with contractors from a lot of different trades. And I hear from a lot of people that they don't want to just work in the business. They want to work on the business. And beyond that, I hear a lot of people using the phrase, they want to elevate the industry. There's this need for us all to contribute to something greater than ourselves and greater than our own individual company. And I think this story is a reminder that you can. And sometimes you feel buried by work and problems and the burden of progress to keep pushing things forward, to scale your company. You know, there's this hype to grow, but there's other things too that you can be passionate about and you could work on, especially as you gain more freedom in your company. And Tony is one such person. So I think it's interesting to pick his brain to say, how did you get to the point where you have created something so innovative and so good for the world? Well, he tells us and he brings it home for all business owners to learn to find their passion and to find the alignment between your passion, your profit, and what makes the world a better place. Hi, Tony, and welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. Tony, yeah, we had a great conversation recently. Uh, We saw that you put an article in APC Magazine. Mm -hmm. We were referred actually to you or you referred to us through Jim McBrayer. We love Jim McBrayer around here. We actually had him on a podcast and we're probably going to do a podcast again with him shortly. But Just, there's a lot to talk about here, but I'd love to just open up uh, for you to talk about your company, Nobilis, 
And if I'm pronouncing that right, tell us a little bit just about your company and then we'll go from there. We are a family company split into two divisions. So there's a, there's a, uh, there's a contracting side, a painting contracting side, and uh, of which I'm, I'm the fourth generation on that, uh, on that wow. side of, of being a painter. So I, I come, we, we come from the industry uh, from a lot of different angles, one being the painting side. Um, and then there is the, uh, the formulating side. So uh, the core business of Nobilis is essentially uh, a research and commercialization firm. And all that means is that we uh, spend a lot of time formulating paints and coatings for the global market in a variety of different market segments, um, mostly under the architectural uh, coatings umbrella, uh, which is which is obviously a very broad term, but that includes all of your interior decorative, uh, industrial coatings, commercial coatings, um, uh, things like that. So, so our 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 role is to uh, is to formulate these product systems, and then we either in turn uh, license or sell them off to existing manufacturers, or in some cases actually go on to produce them ourselves and bring them to market um, uh, through our own production. Wow. I find that so interesting and exciting because I love when I hear that anyone is trying to reinvent in an eco-friendly, um, you know, paint and, and things that go out into our world. And, you know, you have to worry about the water system and, and the plants and animals. So this is super cool. And I love talking about it. Um, so how do you, how have you innovated paint in a way that improves efficiency while still worrying about eco-friendly and our environment? Right. I, um, what's interesting about your question is that traditionally um, people, people want to connect innovation to yeah. environmentally friendly products. But the reality is, is that in the real world, that doesn't seem to always be the case. Um, and we believe we found really the only way to do that. And it, 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 it's an extreme result, but um, when it comes to what we're learning, we're learning a lot about, uh, about paint's effects on the environment now, even more so than generations of the past. And it's becoming a, it's becoming a pretty serious topic amongst all the different um, you know, uh, shareholders in, in the value chain. Mm -hmm. And what we're, what we're identifying is that um, it comes down to the fact that you don't have to know anything about paint to understand that the most friendly paint, the most environmentally friendly paint is the one that you use the least of. As funny as that sounds, because we are, um, we're in a situation now where there's essentially one material, which is titanium dioxide or TiO2. This, mm -hmm. this one material controls our entire existence. It, it, it controls us as painters. It, it controls manufacturers, raw material suppliers. It controls how much of the other raw materials you use in your paints? Because TiO2 um, controls your opacity. It controls your, your hiding power. Okay. So if you can maximize your hiding power, that essentially means that you, you minimize the number of coats that you require to finish any particular job. And if you've done that, now you've actually connected the innovating to the environmentally friendly portion because you are making your labor as efficient as possible because you're literally doing it once universally. Mm -hmm. And now you haven't exposed uh, the environment to all of the added material 
that you normally would have had to have used. And it isn't just ex exposure at the point of use. It is the raw material extraction of all of those materials. It is mm -hmm. the transport of the energy of them. It is the manufacturing of them, the water, the energy waste. Um, and then, of course, um, you know, we're a very wasteful. We're, we're, the paint industry is, is, is a great industry. I love it. But it's a very old world industry. It is one of the dirtiest industries on the planet. Um, there is so much waste, um, tangible material waste that goes on every year. I think we're sitting at about, I think the American Clothing Association places it at an average of about 13 to 16% of all the product that is produced just in North America alone, literally disappears. We don't really know where it is because the recycling in infrastructure can only capture a very small, I think it's 0.03% of that. Right. So where is all of this material going? And it's obvious, as you mentioned earlier in the question, it's literally going into the water table. Mm -hmm. And so now this discussion of the plastics they're finding in the water and um, uh, the tangible waste that's going into the, into the water, the carbon footprint that is generated because PIO2 is very carbon intensive. Um, so, you know, for the first time, we've got an industry that is not only concerned about the bottom line, but they're starting to be concerned about the image as well. And you've got TIO2 producers like Kemmers, which is a, a, a break off of DuPont. Um, you know, these are guys that produce titanium dioxide and they are spending time and resources telling their customers to buy less of it. So it is, it is, it's an unbelievable scenario that we're living through right now in the paints and coatings industry. And it's, it's starting, and, and the story is really starting to pick up on the environmental side. So, so we've innovated a product that you, no matter which surface you're painting, and right now we've been able to put it into seven different market segments. So uh, interior decorative for maintenance, uh, interior new construction virgin drywall, concrete, block, metal, um, uh, exterior uh, new wood and uh, previously painted wood. And these, these market segments re represent probably about half of the global industry by, by revenue. So we're sitting at about $121 billion a year. In all of those scenarios, our products are never a primer, never a second coat, period, universally. So, so it, your yeah, product, so you don't yeah. need a primer or a second coat. Right. So what our mind goes to when I say that, and the reason why I describe it like that, uh, Chris, is because we've been living in a paint and primer in one marketing strategy yeah. world yeah. Yeah. for the last 15 years. And I'll tell you, as a painter, as a painter, as someone who, you know, um, uh, uh, you know we've been retailers. Uh, my, my father used to work for Axel Nobel. My uncle used to work for Sherwin-Williams. Uh, we, we, you know, we're now formulators as well for a number of years. We come at this from a lot of examples. Now, I'm an unknown entity in the industry. You know, generally speaking, nobody really knows who we are because we're not a big name. But I, I think, you know, my family's, you know, heritage and, and we've were, for our livelihood, we've relied on, on, on making our money in the paint business. And I, you know, it, I, I think, I take offense to the fact that, you know, these companies have, have spread this falsehood, you know, trying to convince consumers to pay more for a single gallon of paint where you still need multiple coats. I don't care what you're, I don't care what you're painting. I mean, sometimes it's even, you know, virtually similar color over similar color. It's still not one coat. If you read their text, if you read their technical data sheets, never have they actually admitted that 
they do not require a recode time or they do not require a foundation post or, or whatever. So self-priming, paint and primer one can. This story now has been proven out in the industry in real life by use of these products to be a total falsehood. And everybody knows it. Independent retailers know it, painters know it, end users know it. But as the pun goes, these companies have painted themselves in a corner because now they have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to go because they've, they've, they've actually done me a favor and they've done the industry a favor in a way because the, the good thing that they've done is that they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars on convincing the mass public that they should try and push for fewer coats, which is actually a good thing. Mm -hmm. Now, they cannot, put, they, they cannot achieve the maximum of that, which is a universal true one coat system. And the only way to define that, back to Chris's comment there, is to say never a primer, never a second coat without condition, regardless of the surface that you're going for. So when you achieve that, you can't really go back because now we're at the apex, right? You can never paint half of a coat. So by achieving that innovation, you've now, as a painter, I'm, my efficiency has shot through the roof because now I can be in more places at once. My turnaround time has gone from, you know, this to this. My input costs have dropped by two thirds. I can bid on projects that I normally wouldn't maybe be able to get because I have the margin and I have the play because I'm using an innovative product that, you know, maybe not everybody's using it. So as a bonus to that innovation and the efficiency is the environmental side, because all of that excess product doesn't exist. All of that mm -hmm. raw material extraction, all of that manufacturing, all of that waste through the whole supply chain literally disappears overnight. So our goal, our goal is to work with people like you, get the story out there mm -hmm. and explain that, you know, while obviously we're worried about our wallet, and we should be because that's how we're going to incentivize people to be more environmentally friendly, not do what they're doing now, which is I'm making sort of environmental friendly products, not really, but I'm going to charge you more for it. We don't charge people more for it. We're just letting people use common sense and realize by virtue of them saving themselves the maximum exposure to their cost, labor, time, and material. They're, they're automatically going to be the most environmentally friendly in their, in their footprint by simply helping themselves out of their own sheer necessity. And I think that's the trick, because if we can incentivize the industry to do that, then you know, the optimization of how we use materials from extraction through to end user uh, of function and usage mm -hmm. is going to just be totally efficient. And, and that's, the, that's the story there. Well, I think it's amazing. Kathy, is this the first time you've heard about this? Uh, yes. It was for me too. Um, I hadn't heard about it before. And I know that the, everybody's trying to innovate for one reason or another. A lot of people try to innovate to make more money. And I think it's interesting your innovation, like you said, ties into eco. I'm kind of summarizing here for our listeners because I want to capture their attention to move into another piece here. But in summary, you've innovated but you've also connected it to eco-friendliness. Like you said, though, that doesn't always happen with innovations. And actually what that reminded me of, we were talking at Estimate Rocket a little bit. Um, there's some Michael Crichton readers at Estimate Rocket, Jurassic Park I read recently, and Tom, our, our the uh, CEO founder, was talking about his favorite books. But there's a line uh, Michael Crichton became famous for. He said, um, all discovery is a rape of nature. 
And the idea is, is that science is brutalizing the environment. We're yeah. going to discover and to create new things, but leaving a pile of rubble in, in its wake. But man, if you can connect innovation with something that is environmentally friendly, that's, that's amazing. This is, this is amazing. Go ahead. You're going to say something. Then I'm going to take us to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to quickly round that out. Um, you know, we didn't start this. It's just ironic how it worked out. We didn't start this with the first goal of trying to be the most environmentally friendly product system. We were, we were thinking as painters, right? We were thinking, how do we, how do we make ourselves more efficient in our, in our, in our labor, right? How can I, how can I be in more places at once without having to, you know, staff up uh, necessarily through the roof and how can I keep my costs down and, and, and increase the bottom line? So our goal was to, we knew that if we could, uh, 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 you know, make a product that could achieve that and save people the most amount of money and labor, time and material, we knew we would have something. And then by, by just over the years, we started realizing, wow, this, this environmental conversation is, is now moving from, you know, what's a VOC to, you know, realizing that, wow, there's a lot of excess and waste in this industry. Yeah. And now it's beyond that to, what's your carbon footprint based on titanium? Now titanium, you know, we've been using titanium in our industry for about a hundred years, okay? okay. Prior, prior to the titanium uh, 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 refinement, before that it was, you know, like, you know, my grandfather and my great grandfather, what were they doing? They were buying the individual little raw materials at the paint store and they were going to the job site and then they were mixing all of those materials and the dryers and everything together. Painting was a was a was a really a superior craft at the time. And then once they figured out that we could we could refine this natural pigment that is so abundant in the earth and make it so we could produce a single gallon component that could be put on a shelf and that we could purchase, you know, that changed everything. Mm -hmm. So, but but nothing's really changed in the last hundred years since then. I mean, what what happened? I mean, we went from plaster to drywall. Look at that! Look at the headache there. We went from block brush to roller. Like you could have never convinced my grandfather to pick up a roller. He did everything with a massive block brush. Like he painted the entire homes with a block brush. But eventually he had to he had to move because it was it was more innovative. Then the sprayer came. Um, you know, so uh, we feel we've innovated something that you know doesn't require uh, any education. There's no learning curve. There's no compromise. It's it's what everyone currently does, except for the results that you get on the wall, right? And I think that the, the adaptability is the other portion there that connects the, the innovation to the, to the environmental friendly, right? Is the fact that what you have to make has got to be um, adaptable enough where people can just get into it without any, uh, without any hurdles. So that's, the, you know, that, that's really the key thing there. I think this is a very interesting conversation. Um, there's a lot of business owners who are less interested in the technical side. They'll be interested, I think, to hear this. And I want to get back to some of the technicality later when we talk about, like, I, I want people to find your article. But and I think this is where Kathy will probably, you know, have a lot of input here because as business owners are always trying to innovate to you know, be able to charge more maybe for their services or offer more services. You know, innovation is a big thing they're aiming for. And you don't always pair it with things that are good for the world. That That's kind of a secondary tertiary consideration. Um, but but you're doing something, you're innovating in a way as a, as a business owner that's doing both. Good for your company, 
good for the world. So let's just focus on that real quick. And then Kathy, I'll, I'll look for your comments too here, but um, how did you find the time, you know, to develop the insight to innovate and elevate your industry, but you're trying to run a profitable business. So let's talk about that real mm-hmm. quick to kind of capture our business owners listening in, you know, they may not be care about what type of paint some do, but for those who are just like, how would you find the time? How did you do this? You know, how do you, you comment on that? Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate enough, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I work with my father and my uncle. So um, uh, the, that team effort has really kind of helped us out in that scenario mm-hmm. because, you know, it's allowed me to uh, focus more on accomplishing that innovation while, you know, the rest of the team is participating in that to large and small degrees at different times. And, um, and then also, you know, running, continuing to, 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 to run, to, to run the painting side as well, uh, um, which, which, you know, we all kind of share in too. So, um, and, and I think obviously the innovation that we've been working on is so directly linked to the other profitable side of the business right. that, that it's really kind of, there's really an efficiency there because I mean, if I had to go and innovate something that was totally unrelated to what I currently did, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, you don't know if you'd ever get it done. Right. Right. So, right. So, I was, so one kind of, one kind of leads to the other, which leads back to the other and then forms that, that circular loop there. And I think that's really, um, that's really how I kind of naturally found the time. Cause we were, we were doing it every day anyway. So um, it was yeah. all, it all became one kind of group thing. So. Gotcha. Yeah. We've talked a lot about the hedgehog principle over here at Estimate Rocket, which is the alignment. It's almost like a Venn diagram of mm-hmm. overlapping circles. What are you passionate about? What do you, what, what do people want from you? What do you do? That's, you know, everybody likes. And then what makes you money in like the intersection of all these circles is what you should be doing. It's, it's kind of the thing you're best in the world at. So I'd imagine that's, probably where you guys are at and um, where estimate rocket I think has been over the years too, is finding those overlapping places, but you, you naturally end up where, where your passion is. Right? And, mm-hmm. and, I hope. Uh, yeah, you hope exactly. If you're fortunate enough to do that and yeah. not everybody is. Um, right. And, um, but that's, that's, that's definitely a message of, you know, people who are fortunate enough to do that. I think they, you know, they, 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 they say that a lot and it, and it, and it, mm-hmm. and it speaks true because it, it helps you, it helps you on the creative side. Mm-hmm. Right. So Tony, what would you say to our listeners who might feel, they might not say it, but they feel it inside. They don't have time. They don't have energy. They they want to help and elevate the trade and, and um, help in some way, but they don't feel that they have the time to do it. What would you say to that? Um. Never stop trying. If you are trying, you mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta. Try. I mean, um, you know, uh, I for myself, and this I think is, is, I hope is generally applicable um, to answer your question. I started getting more success in achieving my results, our results, I should say, when I started just focusing on the immediate steps as opposed to mm-hmm. constantly worrying about the end result, mm-hmm. and. Because that can be back to what Chris was saying as well, is that, you know, you're trying to do everything else in your business. And as painters, you know, you're, you're trying to drum up business all the time. You're, you're handling your staff. You're, you're getting 
15 calls every 10 minutes about anything, you know, and um, so uh, just a little bit at a time. Solve, you know, solve the first problem, get on to the next problem, um, map, map it out as best as you can, and, um, and also understand that it's going to take time. It, right. it, you know, it, it will not happen overnight. I mean, we've spent, we have spent a number of years on this, uh, a very, very long time. Um, and, 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 you know, I don't, I, I, I don't know how many painters and uh, contractors are out there that are, are in the formulating business. I know a lot of painters and contractors who, you know, develop wonderful mechanisms and tools for our trade, which I always love to see at the trade shows and everything. So I do, so I do see a lot of that, and I know a lot of work goes into that as well. So, you know, it, it does happen. So I think, you know, uh, other people uh, in our trade should, should look, to, look to these guys, look mm-hmm. to us and say, well, number one, it is possible. Um, and um, they're already in the business. And if they're passionate about it, then, you know, there, there's a good chance that they can find something that's an adjacent to their current business that, that they may be passionate about and, 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 and want to work on some new ideas. Yeah. Well, it's pretty incredible. It really is what yeah. you're doing. There's a lot of word on the street in, in all the industries that we work with. And we work with a bunch, mm-hmm. painting, roofing, concrete. Uh, elevate the industry is a mm-hmm. phrase you hear a lot. People want to see their brothers and sisters in the trades doing really well. They want to see businesses continue to grow, mm-hmm. especially people starting out in small, small business to know that there's promise in small business ownership and that you can build and, and scale and all those things. And so I think that this is kind of feeding that dream just a little bit. Um, but yeah, and I think that you're really right that you can find what you're passionate about. And you talked about it being adjacent. There's a lot of things adjacent to what you're maybe currently doing. I think people, I personally think people ought to be exploring that in, in their lives because I think it um, increases motivation and that spirit of like can do and belief that, we can make something out of this and we continue to progress and we're doing something good for people around us. I think that energy and positivity helps your business and helps you innovate more, even for the things that make you money. If you are developing your creativity and your sense of, you know, what else can we do? You know, how do I, you know, just, just that, that spirit of entrepreneurialism, I think helps your business, Mm -hmm. but you don't always build it based on the things that's right in front of you. That's making you money. Like you said, what's adjacent to it? What else are you passionate about? You may not have the perfect hedgehog principle of those over, but develop your passion. It will expand into something that's profitable, into something, like you said, that potentially could be good for the world. Uh, I think you always have to be working on that. And it sounds like you guys are doing that over there. It's really very inspiring. It is. You know, it's, um, like I said, it it, it started off as a, a, you know, as, as a project to, you know, be more efficient and and yep. and help mm-hmm. help paint. You know, help painters specifically that this segment of of of, of guys and, and 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 women. You know, be um. You know, be, you know, squeeze out the maximum potential out of their trade. That's how that that was the goal. That was the yeah. ultimate goal. And then we started, like I said, we started realizing that wow, you know, the the timing of 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 how this industry now is talking about. About about paint and paint and you know painters um, in the article um, in the in the in paint mag article uh, which uh, which we were referring to you know it's always the painter that's kind of stuck in the middle right because we're uh, it's a little frustrating and that was kind of also the impetus of why we started doing this is because 
you know, you've got, you know, we, we have to kind of accept what manufacturers give us. And then we're also getting pressures from our customers. Right. And now we've got, you know, so now we've got raw materials uh, suppliers. We've got manufacturers saying, hey, painters, you've got to be more environmentally friendly. The painters saying back, well, hey, man, like, you know, you're the ones making the product. <laughs> we're just supplying them. So if you give me something that's environmentally friendly, I'd be happy to do it. But, you know, they, they don't have that power of products to choose from. And then you've got the customers who are now probably in the history of our industry, probably the most well-educated, right. aware and, and awake in terms of like aligning, you know, you were talking about the hedgehog thing before, the hedgehog principle. You know, c- consumers now are trying to align their environmental principles mm-hmm. with everything they purchase. Mm-hmm. And it's not a coincidence, again, that we operate in a, in a very dirty and acceptive industry. It's very, very dirty already. And, and these are my words. These are the words coming from the very people who run this industry. And they're trying to say, well, how can we control this image on behalf of our, our customers? So the painter's stuck in the middle because he's getting pressure from both sides and he's got nowhere to go. So we were like, well, we got to give him, we got to give, we got to give the painter something as a tool so they can respond. And then we started realizing, wow, this tool is actually a greater solution for the entire supply chain that we you know, we didn't really realize at the time, but now the conversation, as I said, is uh, starting to shift in the industry. And people are, I don't think people have, have really paid attention to our industry too much, the paint industry. I mean, it's a, it's a quiet giant of an industry. It's this, like I said, old world industry that's just kind of there. Like everything around us is coded. Everything, everything is painted in coat. Right. right. It is, uh, it is virtually recession proof. It's, you know, it's just this industry that you don't really talk about too much, but it's, a, you know, it's like you eat, you drink, and you buy paint, right? Like, these are the three <laughs> daily principles of life. Like, you do. Like, it's just, but, you know, we don't give, like, you know, people people in the mainstream, like, it's not a sexy industry. It's not, it's not digital. It's not electric cars. It's not space travel. Like, all those things are great. Um, so we want to also say that, hey, you know what? Like, we're trying to innovate something that's probably going to be the most exciting thing in terms of, formulation and product system that you can get. And we're trying to, we're trying to make it a little more fun and, and show people that through the sustainability side, this is actually a real, this is actually a real thing. Mm. So. Love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, we want to direct people to the article. We're going to put that in the notes. Um, sure. This is just to kind of see that yeah, maybe the more technical. I don't know if it's exhaustively what you would like to tell people about it, but there's definitely some good technical information in there. In Paint Magazine published the article. Yeah, it'll it'll be in InPaintMag.com on December. 8th. Okay, and, and this is just such an interesting topic, and what you've accomplished is amazing. And I realize that you're also giving credit to several generations of family members, but. Um, yeah. God bless your family because you're changing the world and you're helping to to help Mother Earth and that's important. Yeah, I mean, you know, in 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 in, in our small little way, you know, in a in an unsuspecting, you know, it's a very important industry, but again, a very unsuspecting industry. We're trying, we are trying to do that. Thing, so I appreciate it. Well, it was wonderful talking to you. Thanks so much for being on Rocket Your Business for Trade Contractors. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Tony. Rocket Your Business for Trade Contractors is brought to you by Estimate Rocket, makers of the top sales and job management software for contractors. 
manage the chaos, and rocket your business to the next level. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.